0: Good morning. (laughs) Unlike what your bulletin says, I will not be continuing my series on the Sermon on the Mount uh, today. Uh, It was a first for me. It was Thursday evening that I became very convicted that uh, it was not appropriate to continue that series. Um, And I became very convicted about a need to talk about how we as Christians should think about what's happening in our country and in our world right now. The fact is it has been declared a national emergency, and it's really an international uh, emergency. I spoke actually on Thursday evening to the Folkers, our missionaries they work with in the Czech Republic. Uh, They are all healthy and doing well. They don't know anyone who has the the virus. However, in their country, there are multiple cases. Their country's closed the borders, schools are closed, and they banned gatherings of over 30 people. So this is something that's happening around the world. It's not just here. There's a lot of unknowns. There's a lot of confusion about what will happen. And I'm not sure how each and every one of you is reacting to everything that's going on right now. You might be scared. And if you're scared, I, I understand that. Uh, it's okay to be concerned and bothered about what's happening. This, this is not normal. It's not what we're used to. And so I understand having emotions like that. You might think this is completely overhyped and overblown. But if that's you, friends, there are people that you know and interact with who are scared and who are discouraged. And my goal this morning is to give each of us hope and encouragement from God's word. That's what I'm going to do here. We're going to, I'm going to give some uh, hope and encouragement from God's word. Then we're going to sing a song of response. After that, I'll talk again and I'll talk a bit more practically about what things will look like in the immediate future here at East Shore. Something for us to think about though is remember that pandemics are not something that's new to the world. They've existed for as long as the world has been around. This is, yes, the most serious that we've had in a long time, but this is not new. And the church, God's people, has endured through pandemics in the past and will continue to do so. Sometimes that means the mission has to change a little bit, but the church continues to endure and the mission continues. I was very blessed this week. I was reading something from some uh, friends at uh, Capitol Hill Baptist Church. Uh, they have an organization, Nine Marks. They did some research back to the Spanish flu back in 1918. And back then, in many communities, local churches suspended services for a month or two if, when it was requested in order to halt the spread of the illness. So th- this is not new, what's happening in the world. Yes, we have not experienced something like this in 100 years, but the church has been willing to work with the community follow recommendations for the health of the community that they're in and for the benefit of God's mission. All of this, though, should be a reminder to us of how very fragile our existence is. Friends, you realize if God so allowed, we could all be gone tomorrow. This disease could be traveling a lot faster than it is. It could be a lot deadlier than it is. And things might seem crazy right now, But none of this is definitive proof that the the world's right about to end the world is only ending in the sense that today is one day closer to christ's return than yesterday was that's the only thing that we can know for sure god is still in control and none of this took him by surprise as i was thinking about this in the midst of all the craziness of the week as i was dwelling on thinking about it one verse kept coming to mind it really isn't a verse it's more a a phrase a part of a verse of scripture. So if you'd like to read along with me, I'm going to be in the book of Esther chapter four. If you're using that red Bible in the seat back in front of you, uh, you'll find it on page 268. It's the book of Esther. That's after Nehemiah, right before Job in the Old Testament. And the part of a verse that I was thinking about was the second half of Esther four, verse 14, which says, and we just read it, and who knows whether you have not come to the kingdom for such a time as this, for such a time as this. Friends, we might want very much for things to return to normal. Be like, let's get over this and go back to the way things were. But remember, God has us here in this moment right now, and he has a purpose in this moment. Let me pray, and then we'll talk about that some more. Lord, I feel like I don't have the words in this moment. So I pray that we are seeing you and your truth very clearly right now. I pray truly that you may get the glory in this. You may increase and be known more than any personality or anything else. May this be an opportunity that people come to you. Lord, we've prayed for so long for people to be awakened to their need for you. We prayed for revival and people to come to know you maybe this maybe now lord in this moment help us to see what we should do in such a time as this it's in your name i pray amen so what's happening in this verse what's happening here in esther so Uh, The book of Esther is about Jews, about God's uh, people in the Old Testament, and they are living far away from the land where they are. They are in the Persian Empire in the capital city of Susa. They'd been taken away into exile from their homeland many years beforehand and uh, by the Babylonians, a different empire. When the Persians took over, they said, you can go back, but many of them didn't. Many of them instead, they stayed where they were, or they spread throughout the empire. Some of them never made it back to their homeland. And so we're talking today, we're hearing about some Jews who are living in the capital city of the empire. Well, the king of the empire decides that he needs a new wife. And the way you did that, you didn't go on Tinder, you didn't have anything like that. And if you were the king, what that meant is that he sent out his servants. And what they did was they grabbed all the beautiful virgins that they could find And they brought them, forced them into the king's harem. And one of the women that they grab is a Jewish girl named Hadassah, or Esther, as we more know her. Now, some people portray this story as a great romance between Esther and the king. That's really not what's happening here. This is a government forcing young women to be with the king. But somehow, even in that terrible, awful situation, this woman... This young Jewish girl, Esther, she is chosen to be queen. She is favored in this moment. So she becomes queen, and sometime after that, the king promotes a man named Haman. And Haman, he does not like the Jewish people. He's part of a people group that were their enemies, and so he schemes about, I'm close to the king, I have a way now. I can kill all the Jewish people in the empire. He convinces the king, persuades him without using names, but he persuades them. Him to sign an edict in order that orders all Jews in the empire will be killed on a particular day. Uh, Chapter 3, verses 14 and 15 talks about this happening. A copy of the document was to be issued as a decree in every province by proclamation to all the peoples to be ready for that day, the day all the Jews would be killed. The couriers went out hurriedly by the order of the king. The decree was issued in Susa, the citadel. The king and Haman, they sat down to drink, but The city of Susa was thrown into confusion. Well, that's something that sounds very familiar (laughs) right now. Esther, though, she had been raised, before she was forced into the king's harem, she had been raised by her cousin Mordecai. And he brings this matter to her attention. He says, have you heard of this law? You need to go and talk to the king and get him to change this law. You need to save your people. Esther, though, is a little bit hesitant to do this. In chapter 4, verse 11, she explains why. She says, All the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces know that if any man or woman goes to the king inside the inner court without being called, without being invited, well, then there is but one law to be put to death. Except the one to whom the king holds out his golden scepter so that he may live but there's a problem. As for me, I have not been called to come into the king these 30 days. For a month, the king had not called his wife to him. She may be thinking, maybe he doesn't like me, or he doesn't want me anymore. If I go there, that's a death sentence, if he does not favor me. And her cousin Mordecai gives a very wise uh, response That's, that's beautiful in its uncertainty, but in its hope. In verse 13, Mordecai told the people who came to him to reply to Esther, Do not think to yourself that in the king's palace you will escape any more than any other Jews. For if you keep silent at this time, well, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you have not come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Mordecai reminds Esther that she had been entrusted with her position. She should not make the Lord work around her, but allow the Lord to work through her. He's telling Esther, you are here for this time, for this purpose. Friends, the Lord determines when and he determines where we live In the book of Acts, chapter 17, verse 26, I'm going to read from here, it might be a little different from the one up there. He said, he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth. He determined, on the screen says, their pre-appointed times or their allotted periods, the boundaries of their dwelling place. Put simply, the Lord determines where every person lives, where they live, and when they live. It is all in his control. The pastor who I was reading a commentary to study this on named Landon Dowden, he put it this way, there is not another time period in which you should have lived. There's not another time period in which you should have lived. Sometimes I like to play in my head, I'm like, you know, I think I'd be pretty cool if I was in the 50s, because I'm a nerd, but I don't wear glasses, so I, I I could be pretty cool then, but that's not the time I was supposed to live. Sometimes I think, maybe if I was alive during you know, the Civil War at that time, I could stand up for people. I, I could serve well. Like, but that's not the time I'm supposed to live. Oh, if I lived back when some of my favorite preachers in England were alive, oh, that would be so awesome to go and hear them. No, no, that, that's not the time that I was supposed to live. This is the time that I was supposed to live. And the same is true for you. Esther realizes that. She Responds, verses 15 through 17, Esther told them to reply to Mordecai, Go, gather all the Jews to be found in Susa. Hold a fast on my behalf. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my young women will also fast as you do. Then I will go to the king, though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. And Mordecai went away and did everything Esther had ordered him. Now, I don't have time to go into every detail of how and what happens after that. But long story short, it works. She goes before the king, and the king lets her come into his presence. And not only that, but through a series of events, she is able to convince him to save the Jewish people. I'm going to read a bit later. This is chapter 8, verses 13 through 17. We see the result of this. Instead, the king issues another order saying the Jews are allowed to defend themselves. In verse 13, a copy of what was written was to be issued as a decree in every province being publicly displayed to all the peoples that the Jews were to be ready on that day to take vengeance on their enemies. And in words that are very similar to what I read earlier, the couriers mounted on their swift horses that were used in the king's service. They rode out hurriedly, urged by the king's demand. The decree was issued in Susa the citadel. Then Mordecai went out from the presence of the king in royal robes of blue and white, with a great golden crown, a robe of fine linen and purple. The city of Susa shouted and rejoiced. The Jews had light and gladness and joy and honor. And in every province, in every city, wherever the king's command and his edict reached, there was gladness and joy among the Jews, a feast and a holiday." And many from the peoples of the country, many peoples, declared themselves Jews, for the fear of the Jews had fallen on them. When God works in this moment and the whole empire sees it, people who did not know the Lord before say, there's something special about these people who know the Lord. I want to be a part of that. I want to see what's happening. There's something interesting about these people and their God. God's people rejoice, and others are inspired to join them. So what does all of this have to do with us? Friends, we have been placed in this moment for such a time as this. Being alive, being here right now, this is a privilege and blessing. We're not forced to. We get to reflect Christ's love and Christ's hope during this time. As I was thinking about this phrase, such a time as this, I was reminded of one of my favorite quotes from the Lord of the Rings. One character, Frodo, says, I wish the ring had never come to me. And then he says this very honest phrase. He says, I wish none of this had happened. That's my wish. I don't don't like any of this. Nobody likes any of this. I wish none of this had happened. But his friend, mentor Gandalf, wisely responds, so do all who live to see such times. So do all who live to see such times, but that is not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to us. I think that's a much longer way of saying, who knows whether you've been brought in the kingdom for such a time as this. Brothers and sisters, God has you exactly where he wants you for this moment. What's happening right now was meant to happen. The question is, how are we going to respond? Well, first we should not let what's going on dominate our mind because Jesus Christ alone should be the Lord of our thoughts and the Lord of our actions. Russell Moore, he's with the Southern Baptist Convention, Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission. He said, don't let the coronavirus quarantine the Great Commission. We still have a purpose we're still here the reason we're still alive is to share god's truth with others it might look a little different but you will interact with people family friends co-workers neighbors and if you're reflecting christ's love how will you respond to them when they say why aren't you freaking out about this how will you respond in that moment my prayer is that you'll consider the words of first peter three fifteen: in your hearts honor christ the lord is holy always being prepared to make a defense or to give an answer to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. We have an immense privilege to tell others of the hope of Jesus that is in us. I know we talk about a culture of evangelism and things like that. The church Tom was sharing about that, and we challenge people to share and report, but Brothers and sisters, if you have never shared the gospel with someone now, now is the time to do so. We also remind ourselves of what God's word says. Did you know that the most repeated command in scripture is fear not? Things may change, but we don't have to fear. I've been humbled by this, my lack of obedience to to that aspect. Uh, My wife has had to remind me this week multiple times said, have you prayed about this more than you've thought about it? Have you prayed about this more than you have worried about it? And sadly for this week, my answer has often been no. That's, I confess I have not done well in that. That's area I need to grow. I've not slept very well this week thinking about what in the world am I going to say to all of you this morning and to all of you who are joining us online, brothers and sisters who can't be with us. I know that this is hard. But I also know that God is still in control, and he has a purpose for each of us during this time. Did everyone here, everyone listening, God has a purpose for you during this time. And what is that purpose? Well, let me speak to those of you who maybe do not have a relationship with the Lord or are unsure about that. Friends, I, I really don't like, it gets in my, it bothers me when somebody shares the gospel as like part of a fear tactic you better get saved or else or something like that. That bothers me, but, but let's be honest, friends. We don't know what's going to happen. And now, now more than ever, it is important that you know where you stand before the Lord. Things you do before the Lord, your actions, your sin, they bring you suffering not only in this life, but if you don't know him, suffering in the next. Jesus came, he lived, he died to bring us hope. Trust in him, turn to him. I say this every week, but talk to someone, talk to me, talk to someone else today, 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 I beg you, call out to him. Repent, turn away from sin, come to know Jesus Christ. Now is the time. Let any fear you have drive you to faith. Now, today, understand, know your relationship with the Lord. For believers, for my brothers and sisters, there's three things I thought about for us to do. The first is to share with others. Tell them of the hope that is in you. I just talked about that, but uh, again, that pastor Landon Dowden, he said, the places where we are, the positions we hold, the people by whom we are surrounded, see that the places, the positions, the people, they have been entrusted to us for the purpose of gospel advancement. Where you are, where you live, the people you interact with are people God has put in your place so that you would tell them about Jesus Christ share with others secondly during this time remember to love others to love others every single person is created in the image of god this is the time this is our time to care for others during this time it's important to not think about what's best for you think about what is best for the people around you People are gonna have many different opinions. There are people who are going to make health and safety decisions that you disagree with. Someone may do something you think is reckless or foolish. Somebody may do something you think is overcautious or restrictive, and you can be upset about that or you can make the decision to love and care for that person. You can make the decision to encourage and care for others even if they're responding in a way that you don't think is appropriate. In the coming days and weeks, there'll probably be opportunities. or maybe opportunities to care for those who are sick. There'll probably be opportunities to provide meals for those who are shut in, perhaps get groceries for those who are particularly at risk. Friends, be available for those opportunities if you can. We're going to work, we're going to talk this week about organizing what that could look like for our church as a whole, but in the meantime, if you have opportunities to show love and grace to others, do so. God has you here for that purpose. And third, don't be afraid. Fear not. Don't lie to people. Don't, don't lie to people. Don't tell them things that are not true, but reassure others. And I would say to those of you who are here and probably especially those who are online, reassure especially your children that God is in control and he always is. I heard a devotion yesterday. It was uh, I was here for the beginning of worship team practice to pray with the people in worship team. Uh, Dave Justinski actually shared it. It was a good reminder that the kind of anxiety and fear that's prevalent in the culture in this moment, that's the world that all the Bible heroes lived in. With the Old and New Testament, it was an uncertain world. There was fear, anxiety all the time. That was the world they lived and moved in. We here at this time, we have been spoiled, spoiled by prosperity, health, and peace. And now, Now that's gone. Now we get to join our brothers and sisters throughout the ages of the church. Now we get to join them in reflecting hope in a time of fear and anxiety. We are here for such a time as this. Let me give you a final word of encouragement. I'm going to read Psalm 46, verses 1 through 7, which I found a blessing to me this week. Psalm 46 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling." And so in that's hope, I invite the worship team up. Let's sing a song of response, because that God, that Lord, is worthy of that. Friends, let's stand for a moment in silent prayer, and then we'll respond in song. Please have a, a seat for just a few moments uh, thank you for joining us this morning those who are here and those who are watching online so this is a time where we're going to talk very practically about what's going on here as i shared in the sermon god is always he will always be in control we can trust him. He will do what is right. He will do what is good for his glory and for his purposes. And he has us in this moment for a reason. And his mission continues, even if the way we do it changes. I'd encourage you in the coming days and weeks to get your information from reliable sources, Center for Disease Control, World Health Organization, Pennsylvania Department of Health. Do not get your information from Facebook, please. And <laughs> this time. Both your spiritual and your physical health are very important to us. We want to see you growing, thrive in your relationship with the Lord, but we want, also want to see you healthy as well. Where we've been and we'll continue to monitor the situation closely, we will make changes to our services and events as appropriate. For this week, there will be no activities happening during the week, so there will be no Joy Club Tuesday, no Wednesday evening services, or any other scheduled activities will not be happening during the, this week. We will have a discussion with the elders and other leaders very early in the week to make a decision about next Sunday. We'll let you know what that decision is sometime early in the week to look at that. A few practical instructions. I've put 10 things up on the slide here to think about. The first is pray. Please pray. And remember to pray more than you worry. Pray more than you think or dwell on what is going on. Second, practice good hygiene. Wash your hands and (laughs) <laughs> number three related to that is uh be responsible with your physical contact with others as for me i you were all did very well on your way in I appreciate that i will not refuse a hug or a handshake if you feel you really need it if you're desperate for it uh, but otherwise i will not offer or expect a hug or a handshake Uh, moving forward for a little bit as i mentioned in the email if you got the church email uh, if you feel sick at all in any way shape or form if you're caring for someone who's sick please stay home and join us on our live stream by doing that you're not reacting out of fear you're reacting out of love and care for your neighbors and your community if we all act responsibly and appropriately during this time we can help save lives that's what this is about Number five, if you are part of the at-risk population, it is okay to stay home. This is rare, you'll never hear that. You have pastor's permission. If you are at risk, it is okay to stay home. We are blessed to be in a time that we can do things other ways. Those who are at risk, if you want to know, are those who are elderly or have pre-existing physical conditions, particularly respiratory things or diabetes. And again, staying home in that situation is not being afraid, it is being responsible, all right? If you cannot make it, we ha- do have our services online. We have wonderful people in the back who work to make that happen. We have our services online. We have giving online. Everything can happen there, at least for this time. Uh, we're going to follow recommendations that we get from other sources as well as organizations like the CDC. If we have to suspend a meeting here for a season, we will let you know about that. We've already had conversations with our tech team about what that could look like. Maybe we we live stream the service, just have worship team and myself here. If we need to make other changes, we need to record something earlier, we're having conversations about that. We will let you know what we are doing. Number eight, let us know what you need, especially those watching online if you didn't feel like you could make it, or those here. If you have a need or a concern, please let us know. We are the church, Christ's body. We are here to love and care for one another. If you are uncomfortable going out, and getting groceries you're running low on food or something like that please let us know and we will help you we will take care of that that is why we are here to encourage one another number nine we will look for ways to keep in contact with you we will try to be in contact with what's going on so uh, check your email if you have it be available for phone calls get in touch with vegans or our other church leaders if you have a question or a concern uh, check our website Uh, We've been trying to put, I don't know if it's active, I tried to put on ABC 27 yesterday about what we were doing today, so we'll try to be in contact in as many ways as possible. And then finally, take the time to bless and encourage others. As I shared in the message, this is an amazing opportunity that we have to love and encourage others, both those in our body who have particular needs in our church family, but there are also many people outside of our body, who do not have hope during this time, whose entire worlds are being rocked right now. And we do have hope. We have a hope that we can give them. Look for opportunities to share that. To conclude our service today, I've received several prayer requests from the Southern Baptist Convention as well as our Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray over these prayer requests um when i finish praying that'll be the end of our service you'll be dismissed remember we'll have a basket set out in the back for those of you who are here if you'd like to put your offering there i will uh, greet you out in the uh, parking lot if you'd like to say hello and so let me pray and uh, we'll keep in touch with what's going on so let's pray everyone lord god in this time in this moment we are so grateful that you love us and that you hear us and that you're concerned about us God we ask you in your great abundant and great mercy because you can stop this pandemic right now just stop it just end it but we ask you God in all things to please save lives to work in your grace and goodness. Save lives, not only in our communities, but around the world, particularly in places that are unequipped to handle what's going on. God, please save lives in those areas. Your word says, Isaiah 59, one, behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, his ear dull that it cannot hear. So we call out to you, God. Please heal, please save. Lord, right now we pray for those who are our leaders. We pray for President Trump, Vice President Pence, the leaders in Congress, we pray for Governor Wolf and those here in Pennsylvania and our local authorities. God, may you give them wisdom and discernment in this time to make the decisions that are best for our communities and our country. Give us the willingness to uh, support them during this time, pray for them, and continue to pray for wisdom for them. May you guide them to the best actions, the best steps for prevention and care. In Psalm ninety twelve, your word says, "Lord, to teach us to number our days carefully, that we may develop wisdom in our hearts." God, may this moment convince people, demonstrate to them how fragile their life is, how little control they actually have, and how very real and very close eternity is. May this time lead people to seek you, and to come to you. May we be ready to share when the opportunities come. And God, we ask you to protect those of us, our brothers and sisters, who are missionaries serving you around the world, in communities that may be harder hit than we are. May they use this global crisis to advance your good news. God, looking here, we pray that you will keep the people of East Shore healthy. And God, we pray for the individuals and families in the coming days who, who either will be or are affected by the virus. God, we pray for their healing and their care. God, I pray for all the doctors and medical professionals who are working tirelessly to minister to others. God, encourage them, strengthen them, keep them healthy during this time. God, we pray for medical researchers who are working around the clock to make a vaccine. God, give them wisdom. Give them strength. Give them trust in you. May they depend on you during this time. Again, God, I pray for our leaders that you will give them, God, your heavenly wisdom in terms of the best course of action. God, I pray for our church, for Eshore Baptist Church. May we respond wisely. May we respond with care and concern for others, but may we respond with love for others as well. God, in all things, we pray that your glory may continue to advance, your kingdom continue to expand thank you, God, for the privilege of being alive at this time, the privilege of serving you at this time, the privilege, God, of knowing you, knowing your son, having your spirit for such a time as this. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Mm